0: Hi.
1: Happy Monday. Happy Monday. It's
0: been a couple weeks.
1: It's been a couple weeks, but, you know, I'm not getting paid for this, so I don't feel bad about it. Are you getting paid?
0: <laughs>
1: mm Just emotional points every time somebody texts me and says,
0: oh, haha, that was great.
1: So I think since uh, last time we talked, we've both had some stuff happen. I don't, you've been, you've been teaching more, so I'm sure you have teaching stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, I've completely changed hobbies. <laughs> At least twice, <laughs> so I've got I've got some good stuff to talk about as well. I've so much stuff has changed. I think I even have forgotten some stuff that's changed.
0: I just um, is Best Buy calling you right now? Best Buy just called you. Oh, was probably for our new washing machine.
1: Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Hopefully they left a message. Yep. So we, we're getting a new washing machine. Mm-hmm. Should we just start there?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just start there.
0: Okay, so we bought this condo in June. It's amazing. We love it. And then about a month ago, the washing machine stopped working. So like no big deal, right? You just call someone, they come in and they fix it. Well, it's been four weeks, five weeks. It was before school started and we're in our fourth week of school. And this nice repair person has come to our house three times and been unsuccessful in repairing our washing machine three times. And in the interim, we've been going to the laundromat jessica's laundromat to be precise where i must say the employees are incredibly kind and helpful and really really nice Mm -hmm. i mean if you're gonna go to a laundromat and have nice people help you out that's the place to go
1: i'm honestly gonna miss it a little bit
0: i mean they're so friendly and they love baxter they even
1: liked parker the one time she went Dude, the guy when i went there that one time without you yeah i i asked permission to bring the dog in i'm like Do you mind if I bring the dog in? The guy kind of looked at me like a little sideways, like, okay, what, you know, he asked me about the breed of the dog, the weight of the dog. He's Uh like, really wanted to make sure everything was going to go okay. Yeah. And then once I brought the dog in and we're sitting there for like five minutes, he walks over and he goes you are more than welcome to bring your dog in here anytime you want. It is more well-behaved than any child I've ever seen in here. (laughs) He he did so good. He just lays on the ground and, like, people are, like, doing all kinds of crap around him. And he's not getting in anyone's way. He's totally chill. And, uh, yeah, I actually really enjoyed the laundry ramp because it was, like, focused reading time. Uh, it was, it was pretty nice.
0: Yeah. I listened to my audio book while I was there mm-hmm. yesterday. So anyways, so dude finally came Saturday for his third round at our washing machine. And after, I don't know, how long was he here? Like two hours?
1: Forever. He t- he unstacked our machines, which the, which weigh 300 pounds, <laughs> Yeah. completely disassembled the washer, put in a new, basically a motherboard like you would have in a computer. It's the main circuit board. Right rebooted it back up again and had the exact same problem. Well,
0: he ran. He got like two wash cycles out mm-hmm. of it before it like quit again. And so he's kind of just standing there and I'm sort of feeling like this awkward like moment. So I just I was on the couch like less planning. So I wasn't really paying attention. I was trying to give him his space, right? Like he's got a job to do. He doesn't need me hovering over him. So I just like completely ignored him. And then I kind of felt like this pause and I walked over. I was like, so I like with an excuse to get a glass of water or something. So, how's it going? How are we looking? He's like, he just kind of said really quietly, just buy a new one. And I wasn't really (laughs) sure, like, if I heard him correctly. I'm like, so we should just buy a new washing machine? He's like, yep, you're going to need a new motor. And with everything else, it's just going to cost just as much to get a new one. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. (laughs) So we bought a new washing machine yesterday. And yeah, they're it's delivering the first time. it tomorrow. It's
1: the first time I've ever bought an, a major appliance. Ever.
0: I've never bought an appliance either.
1: Yeah. I mean, even we've we've rented forever. And then even when we bought our house in Oregon, we never actually had to buy an appliance. No. So I I, I actually thought they were more expensive than what they were. Um, otherwise, I might have. I mean, they're, they're expensive. But like right. r- the repairs are like every time he comes in here and puts a part in, it's like 300 bucks. And so you buy a new washer for a thousand bucks. That's three times to- him coming in three times
0: yeah and i was at first i was kind of like what the heck man with this washing machine because the washer and dryer they look brand new yeah but he checks the serial number and they're like 12 years old mm-hmm. so i was like once he said they were 12 years old i was like oh, okay i'm not that's fine and he
1: <laughs> he seemed surprised at how old they were too and now washing machines nowadays you know they've connected to the wi-fi they got smartphone apps and all kinds of cool stuff so
0: we didn't get a smartphone app though one
1: i hope not <laughs> <laughs> I we only had un-
0: like two to choose from <laughs> yeah i
1: tried to not get us one of those just cuz we don't need that no. i'd rather i was saying i'd rather just have one wash cycle you know and then maybe a hot and a cold setting and that's it and just Super basic is what I would prefer, but those don't even exist. So I guess I just had to try to get one without Wi-Fi. Was the was the I think they
0: exist. They just don't exist in the small, compact size that we need.
1: I think so. Yeah,
0: because there's some like there's some pretty traditional-looking washers out there, but because of our small space, we just we weren't our narrow. Our search field was super narrow, so we had like two washers to choose from. But we got it. And it's coming tomorrow so I can do laundry in my own home for the first time in like over a month.
1: Yeah, I bet. I feel like I'm probably just going to be doing laundry all day tomorrow. Washing all my workout clothes. Washing, oh, man, those shorts. <laughs> washing my shorts a couple <laughs> I times. I don't know even
0: when those last saw washing machine.
1: <laughs> uh, So that's exciting for us. Mm-hmm. Maybe not for anyone else. Um, <laughs> But that applies to most things, I think, that we talk about. Yeah.
0: Oh, you know what else is exciting? What's that? Baxter is back on all four legs.
1: Right. It's been
0: maybe a few days.
1: Yeah, it's been a few days since he's even lifted his leg once. Yeah. And today we took the stairs too.
0: Yeah, and he's been jumping. Yeah. Uh, so I think he's, I think he's good. So that's been a while. It's been a couple months that he's been a three-legged dog
1: yeah and he's been getting a little bit pudgy so it'll be good to go start going on some longer walks again well we reduced uh, his food a little because of activity yeah but it'll be nice to feed him a normal amount and just have him be active again i know looking forward to that and having him jump in the truck as well rather than us having to pick him up all the time
0: i I let him jump in the truck the other day yesterday he did a good
1: job yeah so that's cool um I mean, I could talk about airplanes. Why don't you talk about airplanes yeah. for a
0: little bit? I'm just going to sit here and enjoy listening because okay. <laughs> I've been talking all day. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy. Uh,
1: okay. Um, so airplanes. So I have never been interested in airplanes ever at all. They not they don't interest me in any way. But for for some reason probably, I don't know when it was, a week ago. When did I start becoming interested in this? A week and a half? It's been like two weeks. It feels like it's It's been been, a year. But yeah, it's it's probably, I think it's been like, just because I've been all consumed by this for like 100% of my time has been thinking about this.
0: I think it's been two weeks because you spent like, a, over seven solid days just completely immersed in yeah. airplanes and then you got slightly sidetracked with Google Fi which is a whole other conversation yeah
1: so yeah, I'm sure so we'll, that's been like we'll, a we'll few transition days. into that because that's related <laughs> but yeah so I've never been interested in aviation or flying it's actually a little bit scary to me. Like I've gone on even big flights. Growing up, I even went to church all the time. And I remember before every flight, I would pray. I would sit in my chair and I would pray. And it's not like a desperate prayer. Like, oh my God, we're going to crash. It's more of just like, (laughs) dear God, please help us all be safe on this airplane. If anything goes crazy, just whatever, just let's make this a smooth flight. You know, like, I know you got other things to worry about, but please protect me on my flight. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so I ha- I stopped going to church a long time ago, but there are still occasions where I will say a prayer and that's the only time that I ever have ever prayed is getting on an airplane in like the past, I don't know, 10 years. But for whatever reason, I was on YouTube watching a video, probably a motorcycle video. Probably related to the KTM 640 because I'm having to look up how to do a bunch of stuff like change the oil and then the video ended and there was a recommended video and the recommended video was for this thing called soaring which sounded stupid. But the picture was a really like beautiful image. Really, it was, I think it was a GoPro still shot, but it was just beautiful. of This really fancy looking cockpit and these beautiful snow covered mountains. And it was like, just like a night, it was like a high quality picture thumbnail. So I was like, dude, I gotta watch this. (laughs) Probably why it's recommended. Everybody's watching it. And I stumble on this guy's channel. It's like Bruno Vassil or something, um, V-A-S-S something, something. Um, If you just search Bruno and sailplane, you'll probably find his channel. He's pretty popular. And all he does is fly these things called sailplanes, which are airplanes in all ways, they are just like a single engine airplane they're super small you can fit one or two people in them mm-hmm. these are the only sizes i've seen and uh, except that the main the primary difference is they have no power whatsoever there's no engine there's no propellers there's no i mean there's not even most of them don't don't even have power um, yeah. A lot of them do have power but they cuz they use those power for different things like avionics instruments that that are useful but power isn't necessary for the airplane itself. So that's really cool and I, I was like, "What? Well, how does this work? Cuz this guy's YouTube video is 7 hours long. I'm thinking, how the hell is this guy flying this airplane with no engine for 7 hours in the air?" And Did you he, watch
0: and, all 7 hours? Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> and he and he's coming down by choice, not because he has to. So that blew my mind. How can something without an engine fly for thousands of kilometers and stay in the air all day long without an engine? That is amazing. And so, yeah, I went down this really big rabbit hole, learned all about these things. Uh, it's pretty basic. They're, they work just like any other airplane, but they're designed to be very, very efficient and have really high glide ratios. So, like some of the nice sail plane. They're called sail planes or gliders. It's kind of interchangeable. If you Google glider though, you're going to get like hang gliders as well, yeah. which is a similar concept, but hang gliders aren't nearly as efficient. So that's not as cool to me. Uh, but the, the, the sail planes, they have glide ratios of like 35 to one or 40 to one. And that means that for every, whatever unit you're thinking of, let's say miles, mm-hmm. if the glide ratio is 40 to one, that means for every one mile that this plane drops, In altitude, Mm -hmm. it travels forty in distance. So that's how efficient these things are. So even if you just go straight and don't do anything, Mm -hmm. and you're a couple, and you're say two miles up in the air, you Mm -hmm. know, to over ten thousand feet, you're gonna go eighty miles, right? If you're just going in a straight line, (laughs) but but it's so much more. It's so much cooler than that because the what you do when you're flying these is you use a special instrument that's only on this type of plane because it's not really useful in any other type of plane and hang gliders use this as well. And it's called a Vario. And it's a fancy barometer. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a barometer is, it's a tool. It's, it's, I mean, most phones even have barometers in them nowadays. Like the iPhones have them. The phone I'm using now ha- has it in there that's not an iPhone. And all it does is measure atmospheric pressure. And that doesn't tell you anything necessarily. It doesn't necessarily tell you your altitude or anything because pressure changes on a daily basis, but it can tell you your relative altitude. Mm-hmm. So you know if i'm if I'm here, if I'm on the ground, you know, say the ground is five thousand feet as it is in Boulder, we go up a mile, then the pressure is going to be vastly different. And that tool helps us with that. What a vario is, it's it's like a two chamber barometer that's able to tell you how fast you're rising or how fast you're going down Mm -hmm. so it's not particularly useful in in any other plane because you can go up and down as much as you want but if you're just falling through the sky as a glider it's useful to know how fast you're falling so what's cool about these this uh, vario is you're not always going down sometimes you're actually going up because if you pass over a, like if you see those little dust devils sometimes, like if you're in Nevada or something, mm-hmm. those are thermals. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a thermal that you can see because it's caught some dust. But it's it's just warm, hot air that spins up and it goes really, really high. And then it produces, a lot of times, if there's moisture in the air, will produce a cumulus cloud, which is those tall, puffy clouds. And so while you're flying, if you're looking for these signals of like, think ground that looks warm, mm-hmm. You're looking for puffy clouds, you can actually hit that thermal and it'll lift your airplane up thousands of feet. And you can just do little circles in this thermal and you can stay up all day long connecting these thermals one to another. And there's a lot of strategy involved in Staying in the air and planning a route that'll get you from point A to point B with the highest probability of, of hitting things like thermals to get you high in the air. And, and here in Colorado, we have even another really popular way of keeping the plane up, and that's called a ridge lift. Yeah, um,
0: well, ridge is here. yeah,
1: so when there's heavy winds, it'll hit the sides of mountains or it'll hit cliffs and that kind of thing. And that swoops up and creates another source of lift. So you can actually ride ridgelines right above them and, and it'll um, oftentimes at least keep you level so you won't be losing elevation but sometimes even it'll be strong enough and and there's all kinds of other things like convergences which is where two winds from different directions hit each other and create like a their own little mountain of wind mm-hmm. and um yeah it's it's really, really, really cool. So I've, I have, I've gone whole hog into that. <laughs> I'm taking lessons. I'm getting a pilot's license. I'm, I'm, I've trained at this uh, commercial place in it called Mile High Gliding in in Boulder. And now I'm transitioning to the club as well because you know flying these airplanes is like a full. It, 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 it takes a, a, a full team of people because. You know, when you're on the ground, you got to get up in the air first off just to start these flights. So, you need, you know, the way that we do it in the United States is we do what's called aero-towing, which is where you, you know, attach your glider to a back of another airplane with a piece of string, and they pull you up to whatever height you want. So... A common height in Boulder is to, you know, the airfield's at five thousand feet, fifty-two eighty. So maybe you'll you'll tow yourself up uh, three thousand or four thousand feet, maybe even um, ten thousand or five thousand feet, and 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 be be um, little over ten thousand feet in the air. And it's so cool. And so and so yeah, you need you need someone to tow you up there. You need someone to hold your wing right right when you take off so it doesn't drag on the ground and it's just, it's, it's really challenging and there's a lot of strategy involved and it's a really, really good gateway into even power flight as well, because you really have to have a lot of understanding of how airplanes work and aerodynamics and just like your, your senses. Cause a lot of these, these sailplanes, you don't even use tools to fly. You just use your eyeballs and you use sound and use angles. So. And your string and your string yeah there's a there's a, a, a
0: super high tech. yeah
1: there, there's a piece a, a really common tool that people use in these planes is literally a piece of yarn taped to the outside of the plane right in your 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 line of view um you know just outside the cockpit area there and you, the, you that string because it's outside and it's blowing in the wind yeah will show you you know it'll show you wind, but that's usually why you're standing still. While you're actually in motion, what it's showing you is how the wind is passing over your plane, which helps you determine the angle of your plane in space. So if you need to yaw to the left or yaw to the right, you know to fix fix um, to to be more efficient, basically. So if you're making a, a left hand turn because of the way that the flaps work on these planes, It'll actually start sliding your plane out to the side, and that's pretty inefficient. So you, that string will tell you how you need to. Sorry, Baxter's like getting in my, getting all up in my business right now, and Luis is doing a photo shoot,
0: <laughs> and Parker's sitting on my lap. Doing it live. <laughs> We've got the whole family in the in the booth today.
1: So that string is like one of the best tools you have to to tell you how to fly fly efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> now we got the the hedgehog. Let's, can we hear what the hedgehog sounds like?
0: Baxter's Hedgehog that he's had for years It's the only toy he hasn't completely destroyed It's his baby Hi bud
1: and uh, yeah, so I, I could talk about this forever, but I'll, but I'll, I'll start winding down the sailplanes here. But uh, another thing that's really nice about them, as I mentioned, it's a great way to make you fly uh, powered air flight, uh, airplanes as well, which is something I'm now interested in but never was interested in. But it's also very inexpensive comparatively be, because in these club atmospheres, you pay like a monthly due which is like $39 in the club that I'm joining. And uh, you get to really meet a lot of cool people and you have access to these amazing sailplanes, hundreds of thousands of dollars, fiberglass, super high efficiency. And there's this whole competitive scene. And like I was talking about power on these planes, oftentimes that's to power flight computers. Um, so you can plan your tasks, plan your routes and find the, you know, try to detect weather and, and things like that. And Man, it's exciting. Uh, so fun.
0: <laughs> and that actually led you to Google Fi.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Which,
0: <laughs> so about, what was it, like a year ago, maybe nine months ago, uh, when we were in San Francisco, all of a sudden, Chris's coworker, manager, person, I guess switched to Google Fi. Yeah, Arthur. Arthur. And Chris came home all like tingly about Google Fi. And so we we did this like, All this research, and we had like this huge family like discussion about our our cell phone, who we purchase it from, and what do we use it for.
1: So we haven't. So so we haven't actually said what Google Fi is, but I'll I'll say it really quickly. Google Fi is just like you know AT and T, T Mobile, Verizon. It's just another cell phone provider, but it's Google providing this. Right. Go ahead.
0: And and so at the time we were both on Mac desktops and we both had Apple Watches, and we both had iPhones. And so I live and die by my Apple Watch as a teacher because I try to keep my cell phone out of the kids' view because I'm trying to model good cell phone behavior. But I am also a responsible adult who needs to be in contact with not only my family, but also with what's going on in the school. Because a lot of times through email, I get messages about like, people who have like been suspended or upcoming like fire drills or lockdown drills or like there's always or like a lockdown situation and that usually comes via email so I while my computer is being used with the students I need to have a way of accessing that while still showing like responsible phone use so anyway so I live and die by my Apple watch as a teacher I don't know how teachers who don't have them do it. So if we were going to do it, we thought we would just get Google phones, which the Pixel's really nice phone. It's like it's a good looking phone, and it has really clean interface, which is very user intuitive. Things that we love about Apple, but we also did a lot of messaging on our desktop, so we kind of were like, well, nah, whatever. So we decided not to do it. But you ended up having to get an Android device because of one of the apps they use in. Gliding, soaring.
1: Yep, gliding, soaring, interchangeable. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'm so, still learning. So one of the one of the key the 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 key differentiators with this Google Fi network, the thing that makes it interesting is you know T Mobile and and Verizon as an example, they have their own cell phone networks. Mm-hmm. They literally go out and they put up their own towers and they. You know they have their own networks. So if you're on T-Mobile, then maybe you have coverage. If you're on Verizon, maybe you have different coverage. What Google does is they don't even have a network. What Google does instead is they went to everybody else and they leased their network. Mm-hmm. So Google Fi is actually Verizon plus T-Mobile plus or, or I don't actually don't know if Verizon's included. It might be just like Sprint and T-Mobile and something else and something else. AT
0: and T. I don't think Sprint even exists anymore. I think didn't AT and T buy AT and p AT and T
1: by Sprint. I don't know. I thought Sprint bought Nextel, but I, I think Sprint uh, might still be a thing. I'm not is sure.
0: It, I don't know. A- anyways,
1: it's Google Fi is just like it's actually it's actually just everybody's network. But um, the problem with that is most cell phones are designed to only connect to the network that you purchased it for. So if I bought because they're different. So if I bought my iPhone from T-Mobile, I can't use it on on Verizon because it's a it it it. it It's different. It requires a different chip to talk to that network. So what Google has done is they are providing this network called Google Fi and the phones that they make that are designed for this network, they have the chips, they have the technology to connect to everybody's network, which is unique. So while this... Google Fi network is available for the iPhone. Yeah. You could sign up with the iPhone. It effectively there's really not that many benefits because you're still going to only be connected to T-Mobile. Right. That's bill,
0: it. Our bill goes down just like a little smidgen, right? Yeah. Like twenty
1: bucks or something. Yeah. The, the 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 Pricing of it is fantastic. The network switching is fantastic. It's fantastic. But we're huge Apple fan fan boys women and dogs and everything so we, we're
0: a little bit of an apple family but you're really diverging because you when you went to work for omize go you have a pc now
1: yeah i you don't have a mac i went i i switched up one thing and now it's snowballing like crazy i mean i i for the work i'm doing now i wanted a desktop machine um and this is because this is this is the first time I've worked, you know, as a contractor, as myself, where I need to buy my own computer. Right. And so then it really came to the, the decision of like, well, if I'm going to spend, if I, if I have to spend, if I need to spend, because I need a powerful computer for what I'm doing. If I need to spend thousands of dollars on a computer, do I really want to buy this MacBook that's like kind of powerful? Or do I want to spend that same amount of money and get a badass gaming PC with two <laughs> monitors and like a nice mechanical keyboard and <laughs> and just like, you know, blow... Blow the other machine out of the ballpark in in terms of everything ports and power, and you know, much faster network performance because I have an ethernet port, and it's like and
0: fancy LEDs that glow from inside. Oh, the yeah, box. it's like super nice
1: LEDs. <laughs> and so, because I decided to do that, now I'm in Windows and I'm using Linux as well, and so I'm not like So tied tied. in, yeah, Yeah. I'm not tied into that Apple ecosystem anymore. Um, But I still had an iPhone and I still had an Apple Watch. But I gave you my Apple Watch. I've got the
0: Apple Watch (laughs) because mine was like three years old and like (laughs) it was struggling. Yeah, It was on the struggle bus.
1: (laughs) And then then, um, for this soaring, for this gliding thing, I'm building, I want to start doing uh, competitions. I don't even know how to fly these damn things yet. I'm still training, but (laughs) I'm forward looking and I'm like, I'm going to compete. So I'm learning how to use the flight computers and do like task planning and stuff. And one of the most popular tools that people use runs on uh, you know, desktops, which is useless, basically. But it also runs on some mobile OSs like Android and Palm OS and some other weird Man, Palm. And, and Linux. Palm still exists. <laughs> so most people are 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 either building uh, custom flight computers, like you know, soldering crap together and running Linux and and um, you know, f- getting like a anti glare LCD things, or they're buying a nice. Android device and running it on there. So, I went out to look at Android devices to run this software which is called XCSor. if you mm-hmm. wanted to ever look that up. No, thanks. And I got one. And then once I got the, the phone, I, I ended up getting the Pixel 3. I was like, actually, this phone's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> And then I was like, and I can use this on Google Fi. So then I just switched my phone number over and I got a box for Gazelle. And now I'm not, I don't have, the only thing Apple I have now is is the iPad. And, and who knows how long that's going to last. But right now there's no good um, tablet alternative. But yeah, I, I'm fully bought in on on, on Android and Linux. and
0: I mean, if another, I mean, I, I like the Pixel. I've actually... Liked the Pixel since for a while now, but because my like computer is Apple and my watch is an Apple, and like I said, I live and die by this watch, like I get all the information like instantly that I need, and then I can make the choice like all my emails. I can see at least like the first few lines so I can tell if it's like something I really need to dive into or something I can
1: read later. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I can't even tell you how many times I've got an email that says, Our school's in lockdown right now. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you
1: you don't have classroom phones, right?
0: I mean, in this school, no, I don't have a classroom phone. But in previous schools, we had phones, but there wasn't like an automated way for them to make a phone call to every single classroom to make that announcement. And plus, usually students answer the phones. So you don't want a student picking up the phone and having an automated message saying, we are in lockdown, we are in lockdown. So they just send emails, right? And so if your computer is like showing a Google Slides presentation or like showing an educational something, you don't want like pop-up messages saying lockdown on your screen that's like projected on a giant projector for like 35, 14-year-olds to see because then they'll just go into panic and start like texting their mom. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, right? So the watch is super important. And, you know, when you're trying to get in touch with me, with me when we have big things going on like when we were closing on the house in Beaverton and I didn't have a watch and I would get a break in between my classes and I would open my phone there'd be like 36 text messages between you and Chelsea about like our real estate agent in Portland about like all the stuff that was happening and I just couldn't keep up and I felt so out of touch like I had, I was just like this like, piece of lint, like, hanging on to this process. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so it's just, because I'm an adult and I have, like, responsibilities outside of school, it's super good. But nobody else makes a watch like this that, like, connects so well to, like, everything else.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, and that, that's the big thing. Like, for the phone, I would say there are some great alternatives to the iPhone now. Right, there are. I, I would say for the computer, there are fantastic alternatives, operating systems. The things that, that don't exist... Are the tablets? Yeah. There's no good tablet. Some could say the Microsoft Surface, but even then, I don't think that's the case because it's a it, it's huge. It's a freaking laptop. It's not thin and light like yeah. the like the iPad. It is
0: unbalanced. Have you felt one?
1: Um, I I've, I've seen one because Arthur uses one. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's a useful machine. Yeah. But it's not an iPad. It's not this. It's not nearly as convenient. The operating system is not as good. Like right. iOS on the iPad is freaking. Amazing for what it is for a touch screen right? And the same with the watch. All there's no like the the Apple Watch is like light years above everything else, right? And so if I use the Apple Watch, I'd I'd like have to keep an iPhone because you can't even use it without an iPhone. You can't activate it without an iPhone. You can't. It's and the unusable. fact that it
0: links with everything that's on my phone, yeah. and it's so, it's just so handy. So yeah, I, I don't plan on getting a Pixel anytime soon. I do like their price point. I do like their aesthetics. It's a beautifully built phone. It's really easy to use. I mean, everything is good about it, except that it's just there's not much else that goes with it and like you were like just pulling up like the control center and it like because you do we mostly use chrome for google searches it knows exactly what you're interested in so all of like the news feed was so fine tuned to you and then it was stuff that i would never want to read i mean <laughs> we <laughs> are a very cohesive unit but we definitely read For leisure, very, very different thing.
1: (laughs) Even, yeah, it's I mean, even on the iPhone, I'm using Google Contacts. I'm using Google Calendar. I'm using Google's email. You know, I have like six different emails I check all on Google. Mm -hmm. They're docs. I use them to log into stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything that I use on a regular basis is made by Google anyway. It's so sweet to have it like built into the operating system. And yeah, as soon as I turn this thing on, it's like, hi, Chris, we've... We've been looking at you for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> or however Google's existed.
0: Google's been around for just about 20 years. Do you believe they, that?
1: They know everything about me. It's so creepy. Like I I the phone just like was dialed right when I turned it on right. and it's just every, everything it is the Google Assistant is just like orders of magnitude above Siri. Um,
0: Cuz yeah, they have the yeah, it's it is really good. I mean, it's almost creepy because when I I use my personal laptop at work and I realized if I'm shopping For my personal self, I have to go into an incognito window because the Google ads are so specific Mm -hmm. that I was swimsuit shopping a couple years ago. And then I've been on the like last couple, like, I don't know, my entire lifetime, I've been on the hunt for like the perfect bra and I go through different times in my life where I like start doing a lot of research. And I noticed that when I would open up different sites for like educational stuff, if it had ads, the ads were specific to me and then they would be like bra ads in the middle of like my classroom, (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is not appropriate. Thank you very much. So I learned like really quickly to do all the personal searching on incognito so it doesn't affect my ads (laughs) if I'm using my personal machine Mm -hmm. which I think for almost every single school I've used my personal computer in the
1: classroom or just like do the instruction in the incognito window
0: yeah it's um usually things happen so fast in the classroom that I just do like the quick keys and I don't actually know what the quick keys are for an incognito window Mm -hmm. so I just you know when I'm at home on Saturday just like plopping around the interwebs (laughs) just doing incognito most of the time anyways uh google phone pretty cool flying
1: yeah i mean it's it's i'm
0: kind of excited i'm kind of not excited because i feel like this is kind of like when you started doing long distance dual sport motorcycle and then like single track the two-stroke they're hobbies that you get super super into which takes me a long time to keep up because I don't care that much. Like, I care only because you care. And then it's not something I can actually be involved in. Yeah. So while I'm super excited that you're doing this, and I know that the gliders, some of them have two-seaters, I don't see that I'm going to end up going on a ton of flights with you. But I do feel like it's going to be like every Sunday, you're going to be driving out to the airport in Boulder. And playing I mean, with the never, club.
1: It's so close, though. It's like a
0: 20-minute It is drive. only 30 yeah. minutes away. But also, the Tillamook Forest was only 25 minutes away when we lived in Oregon. Yeah. And, you know, you'd be gone all day. And, you know, I love that you're so excited about things and you're, like, really into, like, stretching your horizons. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's, like, one of the things I love most about you is you're, like, you're, like, I can do this. This is interesting. I want to try this. And like, there's no part of your brain that's like, hmm, let's doubt this like 500 different ways or like let's overthink this and then not actually do it. You're like a doer. You're like, I got an idea. I'm going to do it. And I love that. But I also don't love it when there are things that I don't get to be a part of. (laughs) And I think that a lot of it has to do with that we've moved so much that I haven't had like a really strong core group of friends for a while. So we're kind of like... We're a little unit, and then when one part of the unit goes away, it's kind of like I don't know what to do with myself because I don't have anyone else to talk to.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like the uh, the gliding—that's uh, a
0: definite different demographic. Uh,
1: there, they seem to be some older folks. I, I think eight some was younger s- people. S- s- uh, th- there are some. Ish. There are some younger people, but. I don't know what it. Is, I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, like the aviation in general, seems to just be more attractive to older people.
0: It might be because they have so much because they're retired and they have the time.
1: I think, but and the money. It, I, it could be a money thing, but I don't think so because it's not really that expensive. The soaring is kind of like you know I've gone however long you know thirty five years of my life and I didn't even hear about it until a couple weeks ago so there's that I mean yeah it's just not that well known because it's it's it is it's, it's purely recreation I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna get up in a glider and like and you know go you know go to a business trip right I mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> you you can go from airport to airport but it's It's going to be a lot of strategy involved to do that. It's not like it's it's not like uh, I mean we're
0: not going to be gliding home for Christmas.
1: Yeah, we're we're not going to be gliding home for Christmas. Although that would be badass, and we would definitely break some world records. So we can. I'm
0: not prepared to glide home for Christmas. We could throw that on the back burner. I mean, how much oxygen would we need? Because these things aren't pressurized. You have to have oxygen with you in the plane.
1: So I haven't. I haven't learned this part yet, but I do know that you don't you don't need oxygen all the time because, you know, we can breathe fine at 10,000 feet. Right. So it, it all depends on how high you're going. And for most of the soaring stuff, you don't want to go above the clouds because...
0: That's where all your lift is. That's where you're getting your yeah. lift.
1: So the cloud base, you know, it varies obviously, but I mean, 10,000 feet is pretty good height. There are some... I was talking about that ridge lift and... That's one of the things that's unique about the Boulder area is you can get up really freaking high and you'll actually be in airspace that you're not even allowed to be in. But from what I understand, the Soaring Society of Boulder, which is the club I'm joining, they have a agreement with the FAA and with the Denver Airspace, whoever does that. um, The air traffic controllers there, they are allowed to enter that airspace and you definitely need oxygen for that because you're... Really high at that point, yeah. But because you're you're not using thermals anymore, you're using that ridge. That ridge wave, you're able to go well above the clouds and get w- super high and, oh my God. and I think I, I and, and I haven't, you know uh, like like I said, I just started this so I don't know I don't know about the whole procedure and everything but, but what I think you're going to do in that situation is, for one, you got to know what you're doing, so you probably want to go with somebody else um, for at least the first few times and you're going to check in with the air traffic controller folks and say, hey, you know, here's my tail number, you know, hit them on the radio I'm going to be in your airspace, I'm a glider you know, to watch out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I <laughs> and, just uh, got a big lift. And I'm then, here. Yeah, and then when <laughs> you're and then when you're heading out, you let them know as well. So any you know commercial aircraft that's coming through can.
0: Doesn't whack into you
1: <laughs> doesn't because it's dangerous I mean it's uh, super when, dangerous because that's where other planes are flying and also you your visibility is low and and like I said earlier in a in a glider you're flying with your eyes and your ears most of the time. I yeah. mean you're using the sound of the wind to determine your speed and, and they're
0: not super big so if you're like a powered plane that has a little bit more like like presence, a little glider might not like I don't know how, like, precise their instruments are, but, like, you could just accidentally get in somebody's way.
1: Well, you're not going to... Well, gliders width-wise are actually bigger than um, single-engine planes. Yeah,
0: but the, like, wings are super But they're so aerodynamic and
1: thin and, like, smooth. Yeah,
0: they can, like, disappear in the horizon really quickly. They're
1: they're tough to see, and there's a system that people use. It's called FLARM, F-L-A-R-M, and it's, like, a proximity sensor. It's radio based, so when you're near somebody else using the system, yeah. your your system will alert you to their presence. It'll oh, okay. let you know something is above you, something is below you. But I think that that's really popular in Europe. This whole sport is extremely popular in, in Europe. That's like, where all the
0: planes are made. Like the there aren't Alps. even planes made yeah.
1: here. There are there there are a few, but oh, they're okay. old. Um, they're like uh, uh, they're made. There's there's actually some made in in New York, but I, I don't know if they made them past the 70s. Uh, okay, but there are some and they're metal. Um, whereas all the ones that people are using today, the super nice um, ones are fiberglass. So they're they're pretty cool, but I, not everybody uses that system. So it's like you are, especially if you're in a glider that doesn't have that flarm system, that uh, radio system activated. You're completely invisible. I'm
0: sorry. Every time you say flarm, I want to flarm. say cuz <laughs>
1: Flarm. tight. <laughs> <Gesundheit>. Flarm. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, man. This is it's some cool stuff. I mean, I, I, I love the adventure part of it. It's so similar to uh, motorcycling in the adventure aspect of it where... A lot of the times you'll have a general idea of where you want to go, mm-hmm. but the maps of the areas you're going into are so imprecise that you really don't know if you're going to have to turn around or go down a different road. And it's kind of the same with with uh, soaring. You, you know where you're starting, obviously, because that's where your plane's at, and you know where you want to end. Which is
0: hopefully the same airport. <laughs> which is usually at the same airport,
1: but again, that depends on what you're doing. Right. So hopefully
0: not somebody's like
1: driveway. If you're doing cross country, then that could mean that you're going to a different airport or you're doing a competition. So you're landing in different. I mean, they're all air, They're all airfields. But uh, it's very common in, in competition environments that people do what's called landing out, which is essentially just landing in people's property <laughs> unannounced. So, you know, before you take off, you're you're, you're planning your route in an ideal situation, how are you gonna get there? But every step of the flight, you should know, like this is just like a general best practice for your life. (laughs) You should always be within gliding range, of a place to land. It doesn't need to be ideal. It could be a field. Um, you know, like Boulder is a great example. There's a big soaring community there. So there's actually um, waypoints that people have built for for good places to land, mm. uh, for outlanding fields and uh, farmland and things like that. People so,
0: who won't be super angry when you... <laughs>
1: Well, they could. I don't know. Uh, a lot of these places, people may not have necessarily landed before, but they're just, uh-huh. you can see from the sky. This seems that a little
0: sketch. I feel like if you're going to put somebody's land on a waypoint, you should probably let them know. Hey. Well, no, because you don't want to land there. This
1: is, again, this is, this is essentially. Right, but
0: even if it's like an emergency, shouldn't you be like, so you happen to be in this super perfect spot, so I'm just going to let you know that you might get gliders like landing on your land. I feel like that's just like neighborly.
1: Well, it is, but but at the end of the day, like, they they don't, whether they gave you permission or not, you're still going to land there.
0: I know, but, like, just in case they're not <laughs> part of the glider community, they might want to know that, like, hey,
1: if you get a glider in your... <laughs> totally.
0: Backyard, you know, you're just in a good spot. Sorry. This
1: I and this aspect of it this aspect of it was like confusing to me at first. I was like you are you are I was like, so are you landing? Do these people know that you're gonna land on their land? And, are you
0: calling ahead of time? <laughs> yeah, and
1: and uh and the answer is no. It's hey like, George,
0: I'm gonna stop by for lunch. I heard <laughs> I heard <laughs> I heard you guys got a great harvest of peaches.
1: Most <laughs> most of these I was reading about just like, because this is pretty common and and, um, a vast majority of cases, everything's okay. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of work, obviously. What will happen is you'll land and then uh, you'll have to figure out how to get out of there. So if you have cell service, you'll you know call your friends and let them know. I mean, a best practice when you take off is to have a trailer attached to your truck ready to go. So if and somebody on speed dial. So if anything happens, you could send them a message with your Delorum or, or something, and and they'll come out and and pick you up and so collect it, you.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you
1: and and these fiberglass planes, they they can be disassembled and they are disassembled every day. They're actually stored in their trailers. That's they look the,
0: like a little coffee. And
1: yeah, they're, they're like, the, the fuselage goes down the middle and then the wings slide to the side. Yeah. And so usually, you know, you call your friend up, you'll try to get in contact with whoever owns the land and ca- uh, uh, carry the plane out, basically. I mean, if it's a locked gate, you're going to carry it out and lift it over the, lift it over the gate to the, the road. And, you know, usually you don't do damage when you land. Gliders are meant to land on grass. That that's how they're designed, and so it's mostly just trying not to land in tall crops. And 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 at the end of the day, you're not really doing any damage. You're just trespassing. So you you just try to get in contact with the farmer, and usually they're pretty cool about it. I mean, farmers I mean, are, are people too, and they totally understand. It's like an emergency landing. They're like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" I- you I know. just feel like it should be
0: like one of those things like the two hundred year floodplain or something. If you're gonna buy a piece of land, it'd be nice to know that it's like in prime
1: emergency landing glider zone. Uh-huh. Right? Like I Well feel, you never know. I mean, you never know. It could it could all you never know where where the gliders are. But I'm
0: sure like if there's like you know, if you don't know about gliders or you don't know about flooding, right? The gliding community knows like what their radius is. So I feel like it would just be nice to know that you're in like this gliding radius. So therefore, because your land is really conveniently flat and doesn't have a lot of big trees, there is a 200 year floodplain glider landing. Mm hmm. i don't know maybe maybe i'm just like uh, maybe i'm just cranky
1: and i don't like people landing on my yard (laughs) get off my lawn (laughs) come for someone who doesn't have a (laughs) who's never had a yard that big there there are i i would not be surprised get off my lawn i would not be surprised if that is the case and and you know because it happens and then i'm sure people talk so like if i'm a farmer and i've had a plane land in my field i talked to my other farmers about stuff and i'm sure i like, can dude sure have you ever up. had a glider yeah and uh yeah as everybody seems all the stuff i've read i mean there are a couple like people that get angry but it doesn't really you know nothing it's not like people are getting shot in fields or anything but, no, that's good but, but clearly but it's this like, isn't
0: happening uh, in oregon yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> shoot first ask questions later those signs i oh hate those signs but even then, I mean, I feel like it'd be different with a plane. But but yeah, I mean, sometimes you know people make them dinner, make them line while they're waiting for their friend <laughs> friends to come up and pick them up. And I don't know, it's sound, it sounds nice, but this is never something you want to do. So you're you're hopefully always planning so that that's not the case. But if there's ever a a, a plan an issue with the plane or or just you know you make a mistake, a calculation mistake or something always a possibility so
0: don't put me on your speed dial i can't help you yeah you can't
1: can't (laughs) you're gonna
0: have to make more friends that have driver's license again this is a great reason to have a club
1: (laughs) (laughs) and to do like real racing and competitions because they have an infrastructure you know so they got radio people listen to the radios and and
0: yeah like that
1: so oh man oh man i don't even know
0: I was actually really excited to go to school today because I was like, one of the one of the other teachers, Brady, came by. He's like, how was your weekend? And I was like, I bought a washing machine and I'm super glad to be here because nobody's going to talk about their Pixel or their flying. He's like, we're here all week. <laughs> 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 I love you, honey, but sometimes, sometimes it gets a little bit much.
1: Dude, I can go on for I so know, long. I know.
0: I know. And I feel bad because I'm not always like really interested <laughs> I try to be and try to be so supportive. You are supportive. <laughs> you are supportive. I've never said no
1: to yeah. a hobby. I've
0: never been like absolutely
1: not. It's like this is a deal breaker. And yeah, he, and like, I and you know, and and I I try to I try to sway you to join me on these things. Um And
0: you know, I would not some, mind going up in a glider. I just don't it's just I it's not gonna be something that we're gonna do together a whole lot. Hey, you never know.
1: You never know. But yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) It's probably like the motorcycling. We'll do a few trips and Yeah yeah and then you know but but again this is uh, i i i always try to get you to do it yourself too and and i know it's like you, you you're not interested so you don't want to but that invitation is always open like you can come and do training and fly your own glider you you're always welcome to do that ride right. your own motorcycle you're always welcome to do that it, and i just i try to i try to stress that first but i know that you're not as as into these things as i, I feel am.
0: like if i'm going to be manning anything anytime soon it's probably going to be a vehicle so that I can go hiking with Baxter without you because you don't like to hike. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That'll be, I mean, I have hobbies that don't include you. Unfortunately, they're like difficult to do without a vehicle. So I've kind of pinned myself into my own isolation chamber. So I just need to like buck up and be that 42 year old who has to hire somebody to teach them how to drive so I can like get out of my little chamber and do it myself. Yeah, right now. Because I, mean, I know I, that you like it, hiking about as much as you like, I don't know artichokes.
1: We, we can. <laughs> I mean, I would be down for. I would be down for trying some more hiking. Yeah. Yeah, we can try. We can give it a shot. Nah, you don't, but
0: we've tried it.
1: We tried it. I'm not, you know, I'm not stoked on it, but I, you know,
0: maybe we could try some more snowshoeing this <laughs> yeah. summer, or this winter.
1: Yeah. Whatever I, season is upon us. I'd be into that. That's pretty fun. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very, it's very the unique. Snow. The problem with the hiking is like literally every hiking trail I look at and I'm like, God, I wish I had my dirt bike because <laughs> they're all perfect. And even, track. Be-
0: even before you were into motorcycling, yeah. you would look at every hiking trail and either think I could spend hours photographing the nature, but we would be gone for days. What's the point of just walking?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like you always want to like add a component, which is fine. I just don't need to add that component. I just kind of like the like slow process of just not being
1: around concrete. Yeah. I'm always trying to capture it.
0: Yeah. And I just want to like, be in
1: it. That's like, uh, but but I am, but when I do capture it, like one of my biggest goals is to have it be like passive. So, you know, if I don't have to think about it, you know, like like with uh, with the riding, when I ride a bike and I use a GoPro. My main goal is to make it so that I have enough memory card and I have enough battery that I don't need to think about hitting record and hitting stop record. I can just have it recording and not think about it. Right. And then but and, and even then it said. gives me like it gives me like two two bits of fun. I get the fun of like, okay, now I'm riding the bike, then when I get home, now I have a whole another whole another hobby that I get to do where yeah, I'm editing video, video editing, and I'm color right. correction and it's just like it's a whole other fun thing. and, <laughs> and it's the same with the photos. It's like I, I really do like the thing that I'm doing, obviously. I love it. But equally, I love playing with the camera and taking pictures as well. So as long as I can mix those things together. I mean, it's like exercise too. I try to always mix that in as well. The more the more fun thing. There's a dog freaking out right now. Yeah, it's our neighbors. The more fun things that I can mix in at the same time. When we hike, I, I like taking pictures of us. I've been having a lot of fun with that. So I, I I'd like to try doing that more.
0: Okay, let's do some of that. Maybe we can go camping without a motorcycle, and we can just
1: walk around. Yeah, find some good, find some good hiking trails, and uh, like uh, pull them up on Gaia and um, that All Trails website and stuff. And usually, the dirt biking areas are also hiking. They also have good yeah, everything's hiking too. pretty it's all the same. Basically, like a beautiful area has everything. Yeah, how, the, how it works. So
0: yeah, Colorado is pretty awesome that way. All right, well, should we wrap it up? It's getting late. I'm fading. I'm actually, like, getting really tired. Oh,
1: okay, yeah, so... (laughs) And hungry. Yeah, let's, uh... (laughs) Sorry, honey. Yeah, is there anything big you wanted to mention? Because it was basically all me talking this time.
0: Um, no. I accept that, you know, I feel like I really have found my place in teaching. Mm -hmm. I Like, my first school in Hillsborough was really great, and everyone was really supportive, and there were some really amazing people that I met. But here, it just, everything seems effortless. Like the class periods just like go by in a blink of an eye, as opposed to like every 50 minutes being like a struggle. It's like, I can't, I can't make things go slower so I can keep being with these awesome humans. Anyways, it's just, it's, it's just a completely, it's like having a career and then somebody like showing you a new company that does things differently. And you're like, wow, this just took something that I really love to like a whole new level of awesomeness, which is really great. I really like it. I hope there's no budget cuts.
1: <laughs> I feel it too. Like when you come home, you're like, you're not so drained. You're, you're more like energized and it just seems like more positive all around.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, feel like I always some of, the, some of
1: the some of the stuff at the San, San Francisco that was rough. Yes. That was
0: really really rough. I've always tried to be positive and put and try to find the positive parts of it. It's just sometimes harder. I mean, I think that's one thing that I love about our relationship is neither one of us are like people who dwell on negative things. Mm-hmm. That we that you know, there's negative and there's positive, and then there's reality, and there's no sense in like dragging yourself down by focusing on things that are terrible you might as well focus on the things that are like okay good and then just realizing that you know life is not all you know a beautiful basket of cherries or whatever you have a basket of
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. hopefully seedless seedless cherries
0: (laughs) i know you hate seeds i i could eat a basket of cherries until i make myself sick but anyways it's it takes zero effort to come home positive every day Mm -hmm. whereas last year it took all of my effort to come home and be positive every day It actually took almost as much effort to get through the day as it did to, like, not come home and be awful.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it takes energy. It takes energy to... takes a
0: lot. And it's not like there wasn't really good people at that school last year. There was really good people. There was really good students. There was, like, students who I think about and they, like, still make my heart feel warm. It was just the whole situation was just really hard. And I don't feel like things are as hard right now. and They're just, Mm -hmm. they feel natural. It's, yeah. You know, it's like the difference between like walking in tennis shoes and walking in like four inch stilettos. You can do both of them. One of them just, just a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah. That's, 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 that's what I was,
1: that's what I was saying. It's not that you were unhappy because you weren't. It was more of like, yeah, you just, Drain, you were more drained when you got home it's not, yeah. it's not that it was negative it's just that it was, there was a lot more st- work and energy that had to be used up uh, throughout the day so. Yeah,
0: and I think a lot of it was the student population and like the challenges of that area of San Francisco and I think a lot of it also had to do with how the school was run and I, I felt like there was a lot of busy work put on me like work that didn't necessarily need to be done that didn't really have like uh, any sort of impact in our students lives or their education that was just busy work for teachers that just took up so much time that I ended up having to sprint through the stuff that should have been taken at a leisurely pace because there was just always so much to do and not enough time and a lot of expectations that felt unreasonable. But they have a new principal. I've heard things are great. Um... Omar Reza, who's the counselor for the tenth graders. He was the counselor for the ninth graders when I was there last year. Props to you for like loving those kids up, and thanks for letting me know that things are growing and that those kids are glowing up. They're not just growing up; they're glowing up. It's good to hear because they're the really special people there. So I don't want to like I don't want to completely throw this school under the bus. Every school has its challenges. I just feel like right now I'm in a place where the challenges are things that seem a lot easier for me to, like, do. I don't know. I don't have the right words. I'm exhausted. I'm hungry. Can we make dinner now?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, have a good week. We'll check in next time. All right. Bye. Bye.